There are many reasons that we attend church. Many different reasons that we attend church. Maybe for you, it's to get closer to God. Maybe it's that your children will have a moral foundation. Maybe it's that you will be a better person. Maybe it's to receive comfort in times of joy or in times of sorrow. There's many different reasons that we come to church. This last week, I I read a poem that I'm just going to read to us now that goes a little bit like this. Some go to church to laugh and talk, and some go there to walk. Some go to church to meet a friend, and some go there an hour to spend. Some go to church to find a bride. No one here has done that, I'm sure. And some go there a fault to hide. Some go to church to celebrate, and some go there to agitate. Some go to church to doze and to nod, not this morning, hopefully, but the wise go there to worship God. See, we attend church for many different reasons, but the most important reason, I would say, is that we go to church to worship God. But how does our worship to God look like? Is it in our sung worship? Is it in our observing the sacraments? Is it in us listening to a sermon or reading the Bible? Is it in our tithes and in our offerings? See, there are many different ways in which we can worship God, but all of these ways are direct acts of worship towards God himself. You see, the one another's are commands, are instructions in the Bible from God to his people in the context of the local church. We obey these commands, these one another commands, by expressing them towards one another. And so this is also an act of worship. It's an act of worship to obey these one another commands to each other. We read at 8 o'clock communion this morning in common worship that the two greatest commandments are love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. It's also an act of worship to love one another to put this into practice, this one another commands. Hasn't it been a great series so far? It's been fantastic just to see what God has to say about these one another commands. You know, the most frequent of these, believe it or not, is to love one another. The second most frequent one another command is to greet one another. And this is often when we see this greet one another, we see this this command of a holy kiss, And we see this in Romans 16, verse 16. We just had read to us. We see it in 1 Corinthians 16, 20, 2 Corinthians 13, 12, and 1 Peter 5, verse 14. So, what is a holy kiss? I'm sure you're all dying to know. George, does it apply to us in 21st century Britain? Does it apply to us when we come to church on a Sunday? Does it mean that I have to go up to my brother or sister and give them a kiss, a holy kiss? Well, what am I going to say? (laughs) You see, I think it's incredibly important that when we come to this passage, we, we look at the cultural context to see what's going on. You see, it was a cultural thing 2,000 years ago in Jesus' day that people would greet one another with a kiss. It was a common practice 2,000 years ago. It still is a common practice in many parts of the world today. Often men would give men a kiss on the cheek and women would give women a kiss on the cheek. You see, there was nothing sensual about this, but it was a common greeting. And what the church did was the church took this common greeting and they made it holy, hence a holy kiss. They made it into a holy kiss. 
Paul exhorts Romans in 16, verse 16. He says, greet one another with a holy kiss. But the language that Paul is using here is not an emphasis on the kiss itself. The kiss is the kind of, this is how you do it. His emphasis is on greet one another. What do our greetings look like? And this is not just me trying to avoid what what does a holy kiss really mean, because we will come back to that a little bit later. But how do we greet one another? Is the way in which we greet one another, is it a holy way? Do we care about how we greet one another in Jesus Christ? So this morning we're going to look at three points. This is going to be a typical Anglican or Baptist sermon, three-point sermon. How do we make our greetings holy? How do we make our greetings holy? The first characteristic we're going to look at is that a holy greeting acknowledges. A holy greeting acknowledges. You see, I hope when you came to church this morning that someone acknowledged you. Maybe someone looked at you in the eye. Maybe someone mentioned you by name. Maybe someone on the door said, welcome to you this morning. It's incredibly important that we are acknowledged. How many of us know, I know for myself, if I don't receive a welcome, if if no one even bothers to to notice me come in the door, then it, it hurts. And I think I could probably safely say that we've all been in a situation where we felt like someone's ignored us or we've not received a welcome. I think I'm, I'm passionate about welcoming the church because I've seen churches that haven't been so good at welcoming, and it affects you. A holy greeting that acknowledges. Now, Sophie read to us a list of names in Romans 16, a very difficult list of names. But in that list of names, it's significant because it shows a diverse group of people. In that list of names, we have Jew, we have Gentile, we have slave, we have aristocrat, we have men, we have women, we have rich, we have poor. What's interesting as well is that half of the names here are either women or slaves. You see, this was important 2,000 years ago because women and slaves didn't have a place in society like, obviously, they have today. It's important that Paul is not just name-dropping. Paul is not just saying the names of Christian celebrities that he knows. Oh, look, you know, I know this person or I know that person. He's not showing off. He's greeting ordinary people, ordinary men and women in the church that he loves and that he cares about. And he knows them by name. How many of you, if you receive a letter from someone that says, Dear Sir or Dear Madam, you know that that letter is not going to be a particularly warm letter. It's probably going to be a letter that's over a bill or a bank statement or a speeding fine. Not that anyone here gets speeding fines. I know I certainly don't. But it's not going to be a very personal letter. If I receive a letter that says, Dear George Wilkinson, then you know, there's some effort that has gone into that letter. But, you know, they're very slightly short of getting my name quite right. It's George Watkinson, by the way, if you thought it was Wilkinson. Very close. If I receive a letter that says, Dear George, it's most probably going to be someone that cares about me. It's probably going to be someone that actually that acknowledges me, that knows me by name, a friend or a family member. Or it could be one of these companies that try and get you by saying your first name so that you're led into a false sense of security and you give them all your money. But it's most probably going to be 
that someone cares about me. You see, names are incredibly important. It's incredibly important that we are acknowledged by name. How many of us know that awkward moment when we're having a conversation with someone and their name just completely escapes your mind and you think, oh my goodness, how am I going to get around this one? The worst is when you're praying for someone and you forget their name and you have to say he or her. It just, it, it's awful. Or like me, a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was introducing a couple to another couple and I, I went in there with confidence thinking, you know, I know their names and then, no. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing when we forget someone's name. Simon, our vicar, is very good at this. And sorry if I'm embarrassing you, but I, I, it's... I'm inspired by how you remember names, because I'm, I'm terrible at remembering names. And I'm not just saying that as an excuse. I've got a long way to go. But it's something that's incredibly important. How good are we at remembering people's names? And actually, it goes beyond that, because for some of us, you know, our memories aren't what they were. We forget names. But actually, do we remember what's going on in that person's life? Do we remember when we spoke to that person a couple of weeks ago and they asked us to pray for them for a specific thing? Do we ask them, you know, what's happened? Has God answered your prayer? Do we remember that the person we spoke to lost their job? Do we ask them, how's it going? Do we acknowledge where people are at? It's so important, isn't it? You know, we are the family. We are the body of Christ. You come to church on a Sunday. Who do you sit next to? Do you sit next to your friends, or do you sit next to people that you don't know? Do you remember that person that you spoke to a couple of months ago? Do you remember to ask them how they are? You see, I've seen so many people that have been so offended by church because people have not acknowledged them, and they've left church. And it's, you know, it's, it's a difficult thing, isn't it? But it's important. It's an important, important thing. A holy greeting is a greeting that acknowledges other people. It acknowledges other people. A holy greeting is also a greeting that initiates. You see, the, the greet one another that we see in chapter 16, greet here is an active command verb. Okay, this implies that you are taking the initiative to greet someone else. You're not just waiting to be greeted by someone. You're taking the initiative. You're going out of your way to greet someone maybe that you've never greeted before. What happens after the service on a Sunday? This is a huge challenge to me as well. Who do I speak to? Do I speak to those who I know, those who I've spoken to before, or do I step outside of my comfort zone and speak to someone I've never met? It's actually my job. But how about for all of us? Do we talk to people that we don't know? Do we step outside of our comfort zones? Solomon urged, arguably Solomon urged, in Proverbs 18.24, he said, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. And we know that Jesus rebukes the Pharisees in Luke 11.43. Jesus said, the Pharisees love the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Do we wait for other people to greet us, or do we take the initiative and go and greet others? A holy greeting extends a greeting before receiving a greeting. A holy greeting extends hospitality before receiving hospitality. 
A holy greeting welcomes others at church before being welcomed first. Holy greeters move outside their comfort zones and speak to people that they haven't spoken to before. A holy greeting is about taking initiative. I wonder how many people you've had round for dinner at your house that aren't the usual crowd. Do you step outside of your comfort zone to, to invite someone that has never been in your house before? It's a challenge, isn't it? How are we extending hospitality to those in our lives, in our church, that, that maybe don't get to receive that? A holy greeting is a greeting that initiates. My third and final point is a holy greeting is a greeting that shows genuine affection. It shows genuine affection. See, I said I wouldn't come back uh, to the holy kiss or that I wouldn't emphasize the holy kiss, but actually it's interesting to note that a holy kiss is, is something that shows affection. It shows affection to someone else. In our culture, in our context, how does that look? Does that mean giving someone a handshake? Does that mean looking at somebody in the eye when you're talking to them? See, how many of you know when you're talking to someone, this is quite interesting, I've done a little study myself to see men talking to men. This is what men do, okay? They're standing there talking, and then one man decides that he's going to do this. What does the other man do? He copies. If you're talking to someone and your feet are planted like this and the person's over there, does, what does that show? Does that show that you're actually interested in that person or does that show that I'm more interested in going over here to talk to that person? When you're talking to someone, do you look at them in the eye? Do you take a moment to, to really listen to what it is they're saying? Or are you looking at the person over the other side of the church who you'd rather be speaking to? It shows genuine affection. You know, we worship a God, Jesus, who is unlike the God of the pagans. You see, Jesus came to this earth as God, and he touched people. He touched people that were untouchable, the lepers, the tax collectors. You see, the religious leaders, they, they wouldn't go near these people. They were seen as unclean, and yet Jesus came, and he touched those people. And because he touched them, because he cared for them, it made a difference. You know, obviously, today we have safeguarding procedures. and We have to be careful that we live within those boundaries of safeguarding. But how do we show genuine affection to other people? How do we show genuine affection to other people? You know, like Christ came to touch the untouchables, do we go after people that the society sees as untouchables? The homeless. the drug addicts, the prostitutes. Yeah, how do we do that? Do we just move within the circles of our, our friendship groups, the people that we like to see, the people that we like to hang out? Do we show genuine affection for other people, maybe that aren't quite like us? Last week, I went to see a guy who no one in this church will know, but he's had a really tough time the last two years. He caught pneumonia, um, he got depression, he, he got anxiety, and he's just, he's a recluse in his house. And he's a friend of a friend that I know, and I went to go and see him. 
And he's telling me all the stuff that's been going on. He just wants to sit in front of his TV all day and do nothing. And I said to him at the end, yeah, have, you tried, have you tried praying? Have you tried reading the Bible? Have you tried crying out to God? And he said, well, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not religious. I said, yeah, 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 neither am I. But have you tried? Because you've tried everything else and it, it doesn't seem to work. Why don't you try God? Believe it or not, he then said to me, would you pray for me? And he suffers from chronic pain as well. And I, I stood up and I put my hand on his shoulder and I just said a, a short prayer over his body that he would be healed in Jesus' name. And he said to me afterwards, he said, as I prayed for him, there was a warmth that went through his body. And he, he just he felt a bit better. And maybe it's because I've got hot hands. But I think, you know, Jesus does make a difference. He then stood up to say goodbye and... I just felt like giving the guy a hug. And I gave him a hug. And, and he, a tear came to his eye afterwards. You see, maybe it was just in giving him a hug that just made a difference. And do we show genuine affection to those in our church, to those who need our help? Do we touch the untouchables? Do we go to those people that need our help? A holy greeting is a greeting that acknowledges, a holy greeting is a greeting that initiates, and a holy greeting is a greeting that shows genuine affection. Maybe you're here this morning and you think, oh, well, you know, that's great, but, you know, actually for me, I, I really struggle just to, to receive the love of Christ myself, let alone give that out to other people. Maybe this morning you just need to listen to Jesus' words that says, come to me all who are weary and heavy, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Maybe actually you just need to receive at the foot of the cross what Jesus has done for you. That Jesus came to give you the most incredible greeting. That he came to offer you a place next to him. That he came to give you a relationship with him. And it's out of that relationship that we do all of these things. See, we don't do it in our own strength. We do it with the Holy Spirit that's living in us. How are you going to do that and show these things to other people? First, receive from Christ. I'm going to pray for us in a minute. I'm going to invite the, I think the band are coming up to play. No, it's Dave. But I'm just going to ask us to be still for a minute. And just to think to yourself, okay, well, do I need to receive from God first before I can give those things out to hear those words from Jesus come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest and maybe just to think of, of someone in your life maybe it's the person that sat next to you at this moment how can I show them that I care? How can I acknowledge them? How can I take the initiative? How can I show them genuine affection? Maybe it's after the service, speaking to someone you've never spoken to before, to show the love of Christ. Just take a minute just to pause and to think. Jesus, thank you that you gave us the most amazing welcome that anyone could ever receive. Lord, that you welcomed us into your kingdom. 
pray, Lord, that we would receive that welcome. Maybe if you haven't received that before, then now's an opportunity to receive that. And Lord, show me, how can I give out to other people? How can I be Christ-like to those who maybe society sees as untouchable? And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would help us because we can't do this on our own. We can't do this in our own strength. Give us the ability to be able to do this. So we pray, come Holy Spirit. And Lord, we do this for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.